the weekly market podcast. I'm your host, Carl Turner. In this week's market update, I'll explain why markets have been so volatile and what the correlation is between the economic data and market performance. Later in the episode, I'll also discuss why the UK FTSEs outperformed other markets, even with the current cost of living crisis, and it's expected to fall into recession later this year. So on to last week's market update. Equities were volatile again. I wanted to explain why there's an inverse correlation between the economic data released and the market performance. This means, in simple terms, what we've been seeing is when there's positive news about the state of the global economies, then the markets have dropped. And then when there's been negative news about the economy, then the markets have actually increased. So when there's been negative economic data released, the equity markets have generally risen, especially the growth stocks. This is because negative economic news has had investors thinking that this might mean that the Fed and other central banks won't need to raise interest rates at the same rate as what they have been due to inflation being under control, not needing to slow down the economy. Now, the opposite happened last week, and that's why we saw equity markets fall. As there was positive economic data released, it showed that the US retail sales were considerably stronger than the expected after dropping the previous month in December. This means more people in the US are spending money. This, together with strong employment figures and record low unemployment in the US and inflation falling, but not quite as much as predicted, is causing investors to think twice that inflation is currently under control. And there are fears, again, that the Fed will use one of the only tools they've got to reduce inflation, which is to slow down investment markets by raising interest rates at a quicker pace or keep them at a higher level for a longer period. This is bad for companies as the cost for borrowing is projected to be higher, which affects the profitability and the earnings projections, which affects the share price. This is especially true for growth stocks with higher levels of borrowing, especially in the US in indices like the NASDAQ. One country which has been in the news again last week for positive reasons is China. They continue to show positive signs of a potential market recovery. The government-backed People's Bank of China promised they'd loosen the monetary controls and inject another $300 billion of cash into the banking system. This means after quite a few years of not much activity due to COVID restrictions, companies and individuals in China are starting to borrow and invest, which will boost their economy and the market. Now, on to the other major news over the past few weeks, which is the record UK FTSE market values. The FTSE is up at over 8,000 points, which is the first time in its history. So why has there been such strong performance in the FTSE 100 compared to other markets, even with the UK's economy basically in tatters with a looming recession and a cost of living crisis? Well, what the FTSE performance shows is there's a very strong difference between markets and the local economies. And there are quite a few reasons for this disconnect. The main reason is the FTSE is benefited from a very weak pound. So if you look at what's listed on the FTSE, then around 82% of the whole FTSE revenue, so the companies that are listed on the FTSE, bring their revenues from overseas outside of the UK. 
So this means if you've got a weak pound, the majority of the companies on there making profits in other currencies, then in sterling terms, all of the companies which have foreign earnings and reserves will be better off on that index. Another major reason why the FTSE is performing so well is the index is dominated by energy stocks and mining stocks. They perform very well over the past year due to the higher oil and gas prices, due to higher demand after COVID and due to the Russia-Ukraine conflict. Also, there's not so many tech stocks on the FTSE compared to, say, the US. So when you've got rising interest rates, the tech growth stocks have really underperformed the value stocks, which are overweight on the UK index. So what does that mean? When interest rates rise, it means the companies on FTSE have actually looking at paying higher dividends due to the industries what are actually listed on there. So they've been quite attractive for investors. Another reason to take into consideration is markets, they're always forward looking as well, and they're predicting what's happening in six or 12 months time, rather than what's happening now. So many analysts, they think that the high inflation and cost of living crisis have peaked and they'll drop over the next year or so. So they're looking forward rather than what's happening today. So I always get asked by international clients, is the FTSE a good place to invest you know, as a global investor that's got no bias to the UK? Well, there's an argument for and against. So the UK FTSE, it's only 4% of the global market cap. So it's a relatively small part. So it's good to have a part of an overall equity holding in the FTSE. If interest rates do carry on rising or they stay higher than the norm, then it should carry on performing above other markets because of the higher proportion of value stocks over growth and tech stocks. It's not all positive though because the downside for investing into the FTSE is the value is very closely linked to sterling weakness at the moment. So if the UK economy does improve, this could strengthen the pound, causing the FTSE to drop due to most of the companies on there and their profits being overseas in dollars and euros. So all in all, it's good to have as part of your portfolio, but not too much. I hope you've enjoyed this week's market update and insights. I'm Carl Turner. Thanks for listening. And I hope you'll join again next week.